Attention, please. Places for top of show. Places for top of show. Hello, and welcome to Twins Talk Theater. We are Cindy and Stacy, and we're talking about theater, backstage life, and all the excitement that the audience doesn't get to see. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. This week, we have an old friend of ours, Dana Sato, who we actually met in high school, and we did theater with her in high school. Uh, years later, she is now teaching theater in high school and thought it would be fun to be on the podcast and during quarantine, talk to some people who are not her uh, two-year-old kids. So it's exciting <laughs> to get to talk to Dana again. We haven't talked to her besides through, you know, Facebook uh, post uh, in a number of years. So welcome to the podcast, Dana. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you guys again. Yay! I know because we really, like, besides Facebook, that's all I ever talk to people or like just followed their post and I was like Dana's married Dana has kids Dana teaches <laughs> yeah yeah I kind of lost touch with a lot of people when I moved to the east coast so yeah that happens when you're not close to people it's also harder to keep in contact yeah and you don't get to see them as much uh so I know we were we did theater with you in high school but I don't remember is that how you first got into theater or did you start theater earlier than high school? Um, I started theater earlier than high school, but high school is when I got serious about it. It's when I was like, oh, this is this is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can actually make a living doing this. Why don't, did you? Kind of. <laughs> Not right kind now. Of. <laughs> well, a career at least. Did you think that you would make it your career more or less? Well, I mean, like, you know, when when we graduated, I went to school in New York, like with the the idea of studying light design and stagecraft. And then after a year of that, I was like, you know what, I I like this more as a hobby. So I switched my major to English um, and then just kind of kept doing like community theater and, and that kind of stuff. But um, but then once I started teaching, that was when it like kind of blew back into my life full force did you you came out to marymount manhattan yeah were you there the whole four years or after the first year you switched to another school i couldn't remember no, so, yeah so after the first year my um my brother actually got really sick um so i transferred to new mexico state to be near him because my family had moved to new mexico when i had moved to new york <laughs> um, oh yeah i remember that you were graduating yeah. and they were moving yeah, so I went to New Mexico State for a year, and then, um, no offense to any New Mexican listeners that you have, but I was not a fan. Um, so I moved <laughs> back to the East Coast and wound up at the University of Maryland. So that's where I ended up graduating from with my bachelor's. Why the East Coast? Um, well, so I ended up um, triple majoring. <laughs> In, yeah, good job. Of course you did, Dana. In um, <laughs> in English literature, foreign language, and biology, um, because I had decided somewhere along the way that maybe I should be a medical doctor, and so I was like, oh, if I move back to Maryland, then I'll be near Johns Hopkins, and Johns Hopkins mm -hmm. was where I wanted to go to med school, and then it got to about the point where I was about to take my MCATs, and I was like, nah, this is not going to happen, so... <laughs> I did a very quick turnaround and started working on my teaching certificate. 
what made you in literature, foreign language, and biology? Is that what you said? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah, I got one in a minor. (laughs) So then you started teaching English. When did theater come back into it? Did someone approach you and say they needed a theater teacher? Or did you decide you wanted to do theater at school? So the... um the end of my first year teaching the uh, the current drama teacher at the middle school that I was teaching at was retiring and I kind of like sprinted to the principal's office and I was like do you have someone else in mind she's like no do you want it I was like yes and <laughs> that's kind of how that happened but did you yep go on because in school I remember you did tech like us mm-hmm. how is like directing and all did you ever take classes in directing or why if I um, feel like I, there's a lot I did of directing few, in that I did take a few classes in directing when I was in New York um but what I found was that my role was a lot less director and a lot more I get to do everything <laughs> yeah um Especially at the middle school level, because they, you can't send kids up in cherry pickers when they're 11. Yeah. Um, Probably so, frowned upon. Yeah. So, um, and, but the, the other thing too, is that the previous director had been a lot more actor focused. Like he was very much an actor, very much a director. So a lot of the tech kids had been neglected for a while. So it was kind of like, you know, what, actors, you say your lines, enjoy. And, you know, I gave the, uh, the neglected tech kids some much needed love. In junior high, they actually separated them between like tech and. Yeah, uh, they did. That's super cool. Yeah. And then after four years of doing that, well, I take that back. I did that for four years, but three of those years I was double dipping between the middle school I was teaching at and the high school down the road. So for a while, I was running two programs. How did you get the high school one? Because you were teaching at junior high and they needed a high school level? Um, no. So the the guy who had been doing the drama program at the high school level was really kind of a phone-it-in kind of director. Like, would sit in the back and be like, enjoy, have fun. Um, and so the the principal had actually approached my current principal and said, you know, we we need someone to come up and help us out. And so she gave them my name. And so for a while I was juggling both. And then I decided to apply to the high school. And so I dropped the, the middle school program because I could not keep up that schedule for very long. Mm-hmm. Three years was long enough. Um, and so then I've just been at the high school ever since. So tell us how the program works. Is it similar to, well, we can't just say, oh, it's what we were used to because nobody knows what that was. But yeah. is it similar to what we were used to at Rev where we did all the building, like all of the kids did the building and helped with the costumes and were there on the weekends? So I tried to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I was like, you know what? Chenoweth had a good program going. Well, how much of that can I actually emulate without mm-hmm. you know, putting the fear of God in, in my kids the way that, he did with us sometimes. Um, <laughs> but we learned, but, yeah, but fear of God. Yeah, but it um, it turns out that 
the county that I work in, if we want to come in on weekends, we have to pay for it. So, uh, so I, I have a very dedicated set crew and they work in the shop that we have while the cast practices on stage. Um, Sometimes if the, the crew needs more space on stage to work on larger sets, then I'll move the cast into the cafeteria or, um, you know, one of our classrooms has a small stage in the back. We'll use that sometimes. But um, but other than that, like I, I, I've really tried to work on emulating, you know, kind of the expectations that Mr. Chenoweth always had for us that, you know, just because this is a high school production doesn't mean that we can't still do good quality work. Yeah. I think that's so important. Stacy and I have said this a, a number of times on the podcast, but because what we had with Chenoweth was kind of like the only thing we knew because we weren't at any other school. It wasn't until we left there and went to other places that we were like, oh, we had a really awesome theater and a really good education and really high quality work. Like we just didn't even think about it, you know, and we were like, oh, we were kind of spoiled there, especially because Rev was what, one year old when we started or yeah. You maybe yeah, I think we were the second class starting or the second class who graduated. Yeah, second full class that graduated, I think, that went freshman through senior. Yeah. Yeah. So we were yeah, just I, I still think about that theater sometimes and I'm like, I would do anything to have that theater again. <laughs> like the those side hallways, the not having to sprint like Oh my every theater the, I'm in, every theater I'm like, why are there not secret passages for the crew to get back and forth between things? <laughs> like, like my my theater at the high school right now, in order to get from the stage to the booth, you have to sprint up three sets of stairs and then go a hundred yards. A hundred yards is probably not accurate. A hundred feet down the hallway, <laughs> um, and then you have to go through like two locked doors that are two different keys. Oh <laughs> no! Like, that no, no, so no. it's it's a whole like thing, and I'm like, I miss just that one ladder. <laughs> yeah is so smart when they built it to be able to get from stage left to stage right by going downstairs be able to get from the lobby to you know back or the yeah lobby to backstage otherwise how are the people in the booth getting anywhere or how do you have entrances coming from the house if you can't get there yeah at east Coast players like you either had to walk through the house or you had to go outside downstairs around the parking lot through a locked door <laughs> back upstairs through another door to get in. And you'd watch actors just bolting in costume to try to do it. Yeah, even the, the windows that we had to do the, the side lighting. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't realize how safe that was until, you know, like I started lighting another place. I was like, oh, I'm going to die for this show but it's just gonna fall out of this hole that's in the wall yeah it's fine (laughs) so true so does your place have an actual theater or you get more of a black box or proscenium or what does your space look like yeah so um it's it's a pretty standard high school theater uh we have i think it seats 733 damn that's very good size yeah it's it's yeah i mean we have, um, well, not anymore. The high school down the street from where I live is going to officially be the largest high school in Maryland. But um, until that high school was built, ours was one of the biggest schools by land size with one of the smallest okay. populations. So we have a 
a fairly large theater. Um, now we have a couple of catwalks that are very poorly placed, but we deal with it. <laughs> um, we do have one of only five manual fly systems left in the county, which is pretty cool. Um, Everything's else switched over to animated or um, automated. Yeah. Um, so like it's it's been a challenge, but kind of fun to teach kids how to you know properly weight things on the flies. Um, That's very important because we didn't have that in school. I didn't learn how to counterbalance until college. Um, but yeah, I've hardly ever been into a theater these days that is the new automatic way they're all still counterbalanced. And I've seen a number of people get hurt because it's not counterbalanced right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that that's one of the big things that I remember Mr. Chenoweth always saying to us that I've really tried to, you know, beat into my tech crew is that this is real stuff and this will really hurt you. Like, yeah. You have to respect the system. So do you teach all of the theater like you're directing and you're lighting designing and you're so how do you split that up how are you directing your kids in one room and overseeing people building stuff in another room and so before having my own biological children um I ran the program with um the man who became my husband and is now my ex-husband um I was like director, producer, costumes, lights, and then he handled sound, set, um, you know, all the, the techie kind of stuff that was not lights. Yeah, um, I was like, but not lights. <laughs> yeah. um, like, you know, we used to joke that the only thing that we couldn't at least somewhat handle between the two of us was choreography. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of how we balance that is I would handle one side of it and he would handle the other. Um, then I took a two year break when I had my kids. Um, and then I just came back to it again this year, but in the interim of my absence, um, we had called an incident in the county where now they require more sponsors for after school activities. So now there are four of us. Um, so we have a technical director um, and he handles pretty much everything tech side, except for costumes and lights. Uh, we have a director who is literally just directing, which is the first time we've ever had that. He has an assistant director wow. and then, and then I'm producing. Um, so I'm handling all the paperwork plus costumes and lights. So that's almost as big as a number of shows that I've worked on of smaller shows. Like this one that I did in January, we barely had that many people. Yeah. That's more people than we had when we were out at the cemetery building twin. That's, that's true. It's about equal to what we had in the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, it, it's a safeguard for kids so that the, Kids are not unsupervised. Yeah, that makes sense. How is it working with them? Do you, as a, the four of you, have production meetings? Or has it been a little, I don't know, do um, you as like an actual like production company? Um, I So far, three of the four of us work really well together. Um, oh, that's good. So uh, our director, is at, he actually has a master's degree in acting from Catholic University. And it's funny because he's our um, 
he's our aerospace engineering teacher. You have an <laughs> aerospace engineering teacher? Yeah. Um, so oh, and he has a degree in acting. That's so dude, awesome. your school sounds like the most fun place. And just by <laughs> everybody's different degrees and how they're together. Yeah, so like when he came forward, he was like, I'm really interested in directing. And we were all like, Do you have any theater experience? He's like, Oh yeah, like I played King Lear, and we we're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> His his story would be interesting. Not many people go from the theater world to engineering. I'm happy to give you his information if you guys want to talk to him. He's really fast. <laughs> that would be super cool. That would be pretty funny. So so the other two, are they teachers in the school as well? And then you guys are mostly just an after school program? Um, so our technical director is also so in my school system, it's called an MST, so a media services technician. So he helps keep all of like our Promethean boards and our TV program and all those kind of things running. Um, and then the other adult is um, a paraeducator. So she helps with our, our special ed English classes. But she also has a degree in theater. Wow, quite a few people there have degrees in theater. That's what I was yeah. That's because everyone gets degrees in theater and then they don't know what to do with them afterwards. So they go to other things. And then so Dana it, doesn't get a degree in theater and now is running the theater. <laughs> <laughs> right place at the right time. Or maybe yeah. wrong place at the right time. It's hard to tell. <laughs> do you guys do... I know when we were at school, there was just classes for acting... And then we did all the tech stuff in the evenings on the weekends, but no official classes. Do you guys have actual tech classes? So our Rockville High School's history of theater classes is pretty convoluted. Um, our after school program is the only thing that's really been consistent. But let's see, I want to say in for like, Four years, I taught a theater one and theater two class, and my county doesn't really have um, a specific curriculum for that, so I kind of just got to do whatever I want. So I did make an entire quarter dedicated to tech theater, which I don't know if the kids liked or not, but they learned it. <laughs> um, Good. Um, and then someone got the bright idea that it would be really cool to teach TV, theater, and radio at the same time because they're so similar. I mean, people um, talk. Yeah. And you know, one of the other teachers and I, we were both like, that's not going to work. Those are different things. Um, but they did it anyway because that's what administrators do. Right. Um, and so the theater class for the last few years has really been a TV class that just puts on the morning show. Um, I was about to say, what does a TV class do? But just like we yeah. have a morning show. Got it. Um, huh. But this coming year is pretty exciting because I finally talked my, um, my school into letting me teach an IB theater class. So um, yeah, so I'm going to be teaching IB theater in the fall, assuming we're in school in the fall. Yeah, I know yeah. California, or at least L.A. County, just locked down for three more months. So I think all yeah. the UCs just 
can't well not canceled but moved all of their fall classes to online i don't know how you guys are doing out there yeah Uh, uh, maryland's governor's taking things like three weeks at a time so that's interesting yeah like we just found out last week that we're out of school for the rest of the school year yeah which is weird because like that should have been a given a little bit but oh yeah california locked that out like gave that up weeks ago yeah, we assumed that that was going to happen, but it wasn't official until last Thursday, I think. Oh, that's true. I think New York just officially announced it as well. And everybody was like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, not yeah. fine. Yeah, we all kind of accepted it. Do you Have you been teaching the classes online then? Have you been able yeah. to teach your classes? Um, do do? I'm sorry, say that again? What do you do with the online theater stuff? Oh, so I'm not teaching theater this year. Oh, got it. Okay. So, um, so that's a class that's going to start happening in the fall, but yeah, I've, I've been teaching my English and philosophy classes online for the last two months. I would say that's a little bit better, but, uh, listening to my brother-in-law talk, who's an English teacher, he was like, yeah, we had three kids show up today and one didn't do the assignments. So, but speaking of doing theater, my sister-in-law is a ceramics teacher and they're like well now you have to do ceramics online and she was like how the hell do I do ceramics online the hand is on class and she did the um the wheel class and so she was like I have no idea what I'm supposed to be teaching online right now yeah it's not like everybody has one of those at home or is I know, it seriously, so she was like um vocabulary I don't know we could yeah. do drawing exercises but but at least right now there's so many theater there's so many resources out there, especially in the last two months that people have been putting out uh, yeah. to help theater students, to help uh, high school and college students. And I know, at least with the Stage Managers Association, we're starting something as a large group to like help help those teachers that need additional help or just need somebody to come in to like teach a specific course or like they ran out of ideas or whatever, because you can only do so much on the computer. That's, that's yeah. So it's all afternoon classes. Stacey and I were talking about that earlier because Chenoweth, I don't know how he was lucky enough, but he just taught theater when we were there. Now he's a full-time English teacher. He is a year or two after we graduated. I think two years after we graduated. Yeah, I think um, Mr. Johnson's wife teaches the theater classes there now. I think so. She was. I don't know anyone still there but she was teaching there uh Uh, when I actually first started doing school theater I actually emailed Mr. Chenoweth and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing please help (laughs) how did you find it oh I guess you can find it on the rev yeah I I actually went to rev's website and I was like David Chenoweth (laughs) I wonder if he's still there because I was actually thinking earlier that we should um once this podcast comes out, we should send him the podcast. And be like, <laughs> you are the reason we are all doing this right now. As much as we loved and hated it at the time, we are yeah. here now because of it. Yeah, yeah, very true. I still try to organize and clean things and keep things pretty and nice and all that. Because that's what I'm used to. What show did you start with in high school? Me? Your first one. Yeah. Um, my first one was the first one of our freshman year. That's the spirit. Yeah, so you started before us because we started on Anything Goes. Yeah, and I skipped Anything Goes to do swim team. 
and then came oh, right. back sophomore year. So people who don't know, in high school, it was pretty much, well, there was two guys before us, uh, Nick and John, but we just looked this up. It was John Anderson and, and Nick Minio who did like that, really the only guys who did tech. I mean, every now and then somebody else would do it, but mostly they were the stage manager and assistant stage manager. I don't remember who really did the lighting at that time. Um, I think Nick and John. Oh, Nick. <laughs> yeah. It was, just, it was Nick. It was those two. And then after that was, they were both a year ahead of us, right? And then our yeah. year was me, Stacy, Dana, and Krista. And we were the four that all did the tech stuff. And we just kind of rotated, I remember, like every now and then one of us would be a stage manager, assistant stage manager, lighting, and just kind of like rotate around. But we kind of learned from John and Nick. And there was no actual classes. Like looking back, I have no idea how we learned to do what we did. It was just kind of like thrown in there and just do it. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that was it. To do props and stuff. And thankfully, Stacey and I knew how to build, but we would just go in on Saturdays and build the set and we would build it straight on stage. But we had a huge scene shop and paint dock and uh, I dock. miss that scene shop. I mean, the prop room was hideous, way too small, but it's a good size shop. It's bigger than some of the shops I work in now. Yeah. But there's no costume storage, which is strange. And the, the no, wing was... space, too. Oh, there was wing, wing space. space. Yeah. There was costume storage. It was right across the hallway from the backstage entrance next to the dressing rooms. But it was yeah, but tiny. It was like, yeah, it was like the same size as props, which was yeah, not a tiny. lot. But anyways, it was the four of us that then did theater together for like three years of high school. So we were there all the time doing stuff. And uh, I don't think Krista does theater anymore, but I think it's pretty awesome that the three of us still do theater. And skipping AP Econ to go to the theater. I remember well, doing that a lot. Well, AP that wasn't was a very so useful, useful class. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't useful at all. That was My more students useful than sometimes ask me what AP classes I took. And like, I list AP Econ. They're like, oh, how was that class? I was like, I don't know. I was nervous. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really do much in that one. Courtney used to leave all the time and like leave campus and go to Starbucks and bring Starbucks back for people. At least we were staying on campus and doing something in theater. Like she was flat out just leaving campus during. True. <laughs> so I feel like ours was a lot better than that. I still have nightmares. This is ridiculous. But as a stage manager, I always have like stage nightmares. Oh, I have nightmares. Do you have theater nightmares? Yeah. Okay, good. You probably don't know how you had to think about that. But it's always <laughs> like, we're, I'm at Rev for whatever reason. It's always our high school where I'm like, oh my God, I forgot this class. Or somehow I've missed the last five weeks of math class. I have no idea how I'm going to make it up. But for whatever reason, it's always at Rev and I can like picture the, the campus which is, or the school, which is really funny. Um, but anyways, yeah, we were never taught technical theater. We just showed up and did it. And it was just Chenoweth often, as much as we love him, screaming that things weren't right. And then we had to fix yeah. them no idea how to fix them so it was just a whole bunch of screaming um which we learned from I guess uh we're still doing it I do remember like Nick actually taught me this really I can't even call it light design for what it was but he taught me his method and then I went to go interview at Marymount Manhattan because I wanted to major in light design and I showed the professor interviewing me like what Nick had taught me and he was like what is this? And I was like, I don't know. I've never seen a light plot before. But um, but yeah, like we just we were just like thrown in the deep end and told to swim. So then knowing that, how do you I mean, you then went and like studied theater and learned stuff. Yeah. 
How do you teach the kids tech and lighting design and all that? So um, with the lighting kids, at least, I usually have them come to my classroom at lunch for a couple of weeks. And like we actually talk about here's what you need to consider, like in terms of angles and colors and, you know, blending things. And this is and like I force them to take lights apart and put them back together and make sure they work before I even let them start doing things. So useful. Mm-hmm. We had to do yeah. that in uh, lighting 101. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I, I actually do have one student at NYU right now studying lighting, but um, so something wow, rubbed wow. off. Yes. Good job. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like a, a lot of them, like I really try to take the time to, teach them stuff that I did not learn in high school. Do you guys have a pretty decent inventory of lighting or is it, it's all conventional lights. You have any moving heads? Um, we, we have some very old Lycos and pars. Um, I did convince the school to let me buy some Fernies a few years ago. Uh, and then the teacher that took over for me when I was, you know, pregnant and with infants, she bought four moving lights. So that's what we have. Wow. You guys just like jump past source fours and things like that and went straight into some moving lights. Yeah, I I came back and I was like, okay, that's not where I would have thrown that money, but cool. Let's run with it. <laughs> yeah, we got them now. Yeah. So did you have to do did you have to learn how to program them or did you have a little bit of knowledge before? Cause I can program regular lights, but moving lights, I can't, yeah. I can't even so, figure out. So the community theater that, um, that I used to volunteer with, they had this really fancy and I, I thought it was a very sexy light board. Um, what was <laughs> but, it? Um, it was an ion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the ions. Yep. Yeah. Um, but they have moving lights. So I had done light design for them for several shows. So I was at least familiar with some of it. I had to learn our system, but mm-hmm. um, but I was at least somewhat familiar with it. Yeah, what board do you guys run lights on? I'll be honest. I don't know what we have right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You haven't really been in there. Yeah, because it, it's been a while since I've been in there because we were actually getting ready to just start working on lights when, you know, the whole coronavirus thing hit. Um, I mean, like I was telling Cindy, like we were shut down like only a few days before opening night. So. Yep. So, so close. So close. I love that you have so much, so many tech, so many kids interested in tech. Do you have a big arts high school? Cause I feel like, we had a huge arts high school. Like the fact that we had a whole wing that was just like choir and band and marching band and theater and storage that I don't see nowadays, but we didn't have any like specific tech and we definitely didn't have four people in the theater department. So is it, do you guys have a lot of uh, choir and, and music as well? So we're, my, uh, my school district actually has a performing arts magnet school and it's not us Um, so um I mean I think it's really just okay if I'm being totally honest it's partially saying like hey guys if you audition for the show or you sign up for a crew then you don't have to do tomorrow's homework um so it's partially (laughs) 
bribery. It's partially me bribing kids into the program. Yeah, but, but now you um, have one in like NYU, so I think that works. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, like we really just have a lot of like a really good core group of kids who then like entice others to come in and join. Um, I joke that we always have. I call him our token male senior who shows up for the spring musical senior year. And he's like, why didn't I do this earlier? And then that usually, you know, trickles down to underclassmen who are like, oh, well that really cool kid did it and really enjoyed it. So maybe I can do it too. So. I mean, that's how Stacey and I got in is because Kate was like, oh, come do this, come do this. And then, you know, we kept getting pulled back. It's not because any teacher solicited us necessarily. Yeah, although we even liked it when we started, so we still liked <laughs> it. We hated it then. Yeah, I remember um, Courtney Smith was the one that talked me into the first play, and like I did not want to act, so I blew my audition. I was like, I don't want to do this. And I remember Chenoweth yelling at me, he's like, You have to project. And I was like, I don't want to project. <laughs> <laughs> but then she talked me into sticking around, so I was like, I guess I'll join Light Crew. <laughs> and now here we are. Yeah, it was like a sign up show or something. Kate Caldwell got cast and she was like, You I mean, we didn't even audition. She was just like, We need props. And we we're like, I don't know what that means. It's easy. Lies. <laughs> All lies. But you know what? I think I might have been much happier doing lighting. I mean, I probably would have been happier doing anything besides props, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, maybe not sound. Okay, maybe not sound. Sound sucks. Did I we have admit- Props is a lot easier with Amazon. Yes. <laughs> How did we find anything before Amazon and eBay? Do you guys remember that um, there's this store on State Street that's like antiques and things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like you have to be 18 or older to enter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I finally went in there the last time I was in Redlands, and I was like. This is where Miss Henderson got everything. Like, it finally clicked. I still go through, like, I don't even do props all that often. And I still find a vintage place and I'm like, ooh, I have to go through. Ah, oh, that's what a vintage bottle of Coke looks like. Mm-hmm. That's a wooden ladder I tried so hard to find for the miracle worker. Right there. Yeah, no, still do that. Yeah, my, my students tell me that my classroom looks like a hoarder's nightmare sometimes i was like but when you're a theater person you don't throw anything out guys yeah because you mm-hmm. might need it on the next show you know how long it as took me to find this for the out, last show so do you have storage or is it just like your classroom right now um so i actually I, I got really lucky that my classroom has a giant office attached to the back of it that's too small to be another classroom um so it's actually fairly well organized, but I, I call it my costume closet extension. Yes. <laughs> I'm when I was in a production office, I was kind of like that with things would just like pile up around my around my desk and be like, well, you know, where are those from? Oh, there are props that we never got put back. It's just this is where yeah, they, they don't fit. We don't know where to do with them, but we don't want to get rid of them. So now they're just, you know, under the desk. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times I'll be teaching and just like hand sewing something together. My kids are like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, the show opens in a week, okay? (laughs) (laughs) 
It's called multitasking. You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You guys all go read a book. I'm going to sit here. <laughs> when we did Wizard of Oz, I had to like actually paint the ruby slippers. And I'm like sitting here, I'm like, okay, guys, so Animal Farm. Like, while painting. Like, if I was sitting in a class and watching someone sew or someone paint and I was interested in that, then I would be interested in learning more about it. You know, I'd be like, oh, what is this? I want to go do it too, or at least check it out. So, or I'd be like, how come I have to read this book when you get to go sew something? It sounds way more <laughs> exciting than reading this book. <laughs> than Animal Farm? <laughs> I never well, read Animal Farm. Yeah. I like Animal Farm, so I can't say that. <laughs> how do you choose shows? Do you know what group of kids you have so you try to do a show based on that or you just want to do Wizard of Oz so you do Wizard of Oz or you have a budget you have to consider all the above yeah kind of all of the above um I do take like kids interests into consideration uh to a certain extent um but yeah like I generally know which kids are going to definitely show up. And then I also want to leave some room for like the surprise. Oh, I didn't expect you to show up to auditions, but here you are. Um, but also trying to keep in mind, like I know the challenges of you know, what we have in our theater and what we can and can't do. So, like mm-hmm. a few years ago, they wanted to do little shop of horrors. And I was like, yeah, I'm not building the plant. Are you building the plant? I didn't think so. And there's three um, of them. Yeah, and we can't afford the plants, so we're not doing that show. Um, But, you know, it's... I wish wish some artistic directors I knew did that. (laughs) Most of them. (laughs) big that is. You know what that costs. Maybe let's not do it. How does it work for budget? Do you get a budget per show or a budget for the... I don't even know how many shows you guys do in a year or a semester or anything. Um, so we do a fall play, spring musical, and I try to sneak a small children's show in the middle, which happens some years and ha- doesn't happen other years. Um, but we are a completely self-sustaining business. Um, the only money that we can spend is money that we've made from ticket sales, concession sales, and like program ads. So... Um, when uh, when I took the Rockville High School program over, I had a budget of about negative seven thousand dollars. Right, a lot of theaters I know as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the the county did help me out with that a little bit. They gave me um a small budget to at least buy rights and get us going. But um, but in the last, how long has it been? I guess nine years now we've uh we've built it up to a surplus of about thirty three thousand dollars so that's what we have to work with wow nice. so you guys i haven't worked in educational theater like since college you still have to get rights on everything mm-hmm. and then what and you have to pay for like wood to build the sets and costumes how does yep. it work like you are and the rest of the teachers are doing this kind of after hours. Is that budgeted in or is that part of your salary or I mean, you don't have to give numbers or anything, but how does that work since you're spending extra time outside of the classroom, basically doing an entire another job? Um, so extracurriculars in my school district are given stipends. Um, the uh, 
I did the math once. It comes out to about 47 cents an hour. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we, we get stipends for doing it. And then do you rely on teachers and other people's help to build the set or paint or parents to come in and do things? Or is it mostly just the four of you now and students? It's mostly just the four of us and students. Occasionally we'll get parents in that will help out. I do have a couple of stage moms that um, I considered failing her son because he's going to graduate and I'm not sure what I'm going to do without her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you could tell me yeah. coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I have a few parents that are pretty reliable and, you know, they, they know exactly what to do. But for the most part, it's it's the four of us and the kids. That's really cool. You mentioned for budget doing a program or selling ads for a program. I don't remember if we had to do that. And I mean, I guess we did. But that means you put the entire program together, right? Yeah. And print it. Yeah. <laughs> I, things I, I don't ever think about programs which is weird because I edit them almost at every show that or you know as a director of production or a production manager I edit a lot of programs but I guess in high school I didn't really think about putting it together I even put them together in college so I don't know why I didn't think about them in high school yeah I don't know who did our programs in high school yeah I can't even picture the programs in high school like I remember all of that we still have them on our wall all of the posters yeah and all Times I forget her name, but you know some of the students would design it or whatever. But I don't remember programs at all. I I found our Music Man program a few weeks ago. Really? But yeah, but I don't I don't know who put it together. <laughs> that was probably Miss Anderson. I feel like she did everything that like we were just not aware of. That makes I'm a lot of sense. Aware of. Now I'm gonna next time I'm back at a uh, parents' house, I'm gonna have to find some of them and scan them to you guys because I don't. We used to keep them all. They're probably in a binder in that shelf between our rooms. Yeah, or in the closet, but... Parents took over most of the closet. What? <laughs> our parents, they took over our closet. Yeah, that's true. Something like we don't live there? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I'll have to look it up and see if I can find things and scan them. Or... Now we have... Because nothing was digital back then. So no. I'm sure we have like printed pictures and stuff of all that. Uh, now I'm going to want to go back to the parents' house and see what I can find. You're over there like every freaking weekend. Like every other weekend. Uh-huh. That's a lot of parent time. A lot of parent time. <laughs> yeah. Do you do musicals? Do you have a, a yeah, choir? Yeah, she says they do musicals in the spring. Oh, right. Do you have a yeah. choir? We do have a choir and live orchestra. Yes. So the, the, I'm assuming just like at our school, the choir director is a music director and the orchestra band manager. Is that who did our conducting? I guess they were. Actually, yeah. I have no idea. Mrs. Glass was the, I guess, maestro. He was the mm -hmm. conductor down in the pit. Yeah. Yes, it was her. Yeah, because I did pit for Music Man. So she was... She was our conductor. You were in the pit for music? Yeah. yeah. I played piano and I kept popping my head out. So April always called me the gopher of uh, whatever city. 
River City. The Gopher of River City. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot you played the piano. Huh. Twin, she played the piano all the time. Well, this thing escaped my brain. Not anymore. <laughs> but you yeah, have we have a uh, piano. I do. I just bought a piano on Prime Day last year. Nice. nice. <laughs> like a keyboard or like an actual upright piano? Yeah, like it's actually an actual upright piano. I got it for like $900 off. Wow. Yeah. So you're making the kids learn? Yeah, well, they will be learning. Okay, two to three years old, <laughs> little young to really focus on piano. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. When they but- turn yeah (laughs) they turn three in a couple months they're close enough (laughs) (laughs) well we can't have any piano teachers over right now true you played for years you can teach them the basics no (laughs) (laughs) somebody else gets to teach my kids (laughs) yes that sounds like a half hour break to me so true i was gonna say two half hour breaks but it would only give you a break from one kid at a time probably so which is still kind of a break. It is. Mm-hmm. It really is. <laughs> uh, I know they're still pretty young, but do you think uh, they'll be brought into theater and having to sit through rehearsals and put on stage and all that? Well, so I um, for our fall play, I had to bring them with me for a cue to cue because I couldn't find a babysitter. But they uh, they seemed to really enjoy it. They were really fascinated by the lights going on and off. And um, and one of them, one of my kids, is a major ham. Um, have you guys seen the movie Coco? Uh, I watched the last half of it. I missed the first half. Yeah, it's it's a Pixar movie that they're really into. But um, one of them, whenever he goes down the stairs in our house, he likes to sing the song and like big arms and really make a whole theatrical thing of it so i feel like if anyone's going to end up on stage it's going to be it's going to be him but. <laughs> no but i did see your post about uh frozen and i agree i like i like olaf so i don't know these people who don't like olaf i don't know why we would be friends with them but, but entertaining part of the movie i've only yeah. seen bits and pieces of that one too because really, i i just went through like my 80th rewatch of it today yeah see um <laughs> I don't have kids in the house, and usually when I go visit kids, they don't sit still long enough. I have seen a couple of, when I was babysitting our cousin's kids' monster school or something, I've seen like five of those episodes. Uh, I've watched something about trucks that are like, live in a town. seen a couple of those. Um, This is so not helpful, Twin. Yeah, I can't remember the names. I actually haven't seen Paw Patrol, but I know some of the characters' names from Paw Patrol. That's a very big one. Because every year for presents, somebody gets Paw Patrol. I've actively avoided Paw Patrol. My kids don't know what that is. But I hear it's cute. One of the puppies Uh, is Kai. Right now, they're really into dinosaurs, so I'm really trying to lean into that. Okay. That's good. Um, They're... uh, their dad showed them the actual Jurassic World a couple weeks ago, which... At two? I think, yeah, I think they're a little young for, but it turns out they were really into it. And now 
they like to take their toy dinosaurs and make them eat like their Lego people and say, mm, it's a snack. Okay. I'm like, oh, cool. That's where we're at. But yeah. <laughs> you know, probably would dinosaurs. happen. And they're playing with Legos. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have two questions. One, what, just to bring it back to theater, what was your favorite show that we did in high school? Mm. Uh, I'm. I think it's probably a dark horse choice, but I think "Peace of My Heart." That was very that, heavy for high school kids. It was, but it's it's still one of my favorite plays. Huh. I should go back and reread that one. I remember the set. I remember it was very sad, yeah. and there was only one I male. The stinky camouflage stuff that we put on the fly. Yes. yes. Yeah. And the corrugated steel. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! In my head, that was just college because it was so like well put together. Nope. I do yeah, remember that was, that was the that was the first play that I did that my parents missed. I do remember that. Hmm. I, I don't think they was went that... to all of our college uh, high school plays. I, they only saw like one or two of my college plays. Yeah, I think I remember my parents saying they're like, "Yeah, you're just gonna keep doing these, so it's fine." I was like, that's cool, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, that's basically how they feel now. Like, yeah, do we really have to go see that one? Like, we haven't seen one in years, so... Eh. I'm gonna keep doing this, so we're done going. We're done supporting you. Actually, Rusty comes to see more shows than my parents see. But that... It, is that because of Sam? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I do, however, like, I con my mom into making costumes for my high school plays now, though. So that's a Does thing. Is she out there with you or is she still in New Mexico? No, they live in Washington State now. So she, so she sends them to you? Yeah. So, like, I, I tell her, I'm like, hey, I need, I send her all the patterns and all the material. I send her the measurements of, you know, the actors or actresses and she sews them up and sends them back to me. Damn, I thought only Twin and I did that. I know that's what I was thinking. That's very convenient. I like this a lot. Yeah, I mean, she's retired now, so like she needs something to do. She does. Exactly. And this keeps her busy. And it's helpful. Very good. Yeah. My follow-up question then is, what's your favorite show that you've done on the other end at your high school now? That I've, just anyone that I've worked on? Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, I think it's a three-way tie. So um, in 2013, we did Hairspray. Um, That's fun. Hairspray was the first time that a show I directed got a full standing ovation from a full house. Excellent. So that that one has a really good memory. Um, Yeah. All Shook Up. Do you guys know that one? I do. I've seen that a couple times. Yeah, that one was just fun. Like the kids really got into it and it just... It was just fun to do. Um, and then my, uh, <laughs> so we did a show a few years ago called Back to the 80s, the Totally Awesome Musical. Mm-hmm. Um, Off Broadway or something. And it was just, it was so tacky, but I loved it. <laughs> and at, at one point, like there's like the main character is having this fever dream where he thinks he's Luke Skywalker and like the oh. guy that he's, He's competing with um for like 
this girl's, you know, fancies or whatever. He thinks that he's Darth Vader. So, like, we choreographed this whole thing where, like, one is Darth Vader. There were lightsabers. My my art kids painted a full-on Death Star X-Wing backdrop scene. It was amazing. I'll see if I can find a picture for you guys. Do it. That'd be so cool. I still still don't get to do enough of the nerdy stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, like... That's one thing that I really like about doing high school is I can lean into the really dorky stuff. Yeah, and they all yeah, and they're they and they're totally fine with it. Perfect. Like there's a a show called um, She Kills Monsters, and it's based on Dungeons and Dragons. And I still, for years, I've been trying to see it or do it or something. And uh, friends in the D and D group were actually both starting to work on it. She Kills Monsters. Uh, like, you know, a couple weeks before the quarantine. And I was like, damn it, so close, so close. <laughs> Need to bring all the nerdy stuff in. I love that your three favorites, though, are all musicals. I think those are yeah. the Yeah, we've, um, oh, I mean, I feel, so we did do, um, it was a dark and stormy night. Mm-hmm. That, that was one that we did at Rev. Yeah. Um, and I did, um, that that was kind of fun to revisit. Um, we did the Crucible, which was rough, but I was really proud of the kids for getting through it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, I read the book, and I he was way too wordy, but yeah, you know, I've ever seen it live or read the, the play. kid. Who, the kid who ended up playing John Proctor, who was like probably three quarters of the lines in the entire play had never been on stage before. Wow. Oh, yeah, I was, I was really proud of him. I'm sorry. And he did well. Yeah, he did really well. Wow. Did he do any shows after that? Uh, yeah, he did the musical after that. Oh, good. You didn't scare him away. (laughs) Yeah, but he was a senior. So that was his only year of shows. Damn them. How long do you have to put on the show? Like, what? It, how long is your rehearsal period? Uh, for fall plays, we... Okay, so I prefer to audition in the second week of school. Um, I think people think I'm insane, but that's how we get the most time out of it. And then we usually open two weeks before Thanksgiving. Um, so I guess it's like two to two and a half months. Mm-hmm. But it's only Monday through Friday, right? Like yeah. 20- in the evening um so i do an escalating rehearsal schedule so like the first month or so we're there for about two and a half to three hours and then as we get closer to it we're there to like seven eight nine ten o'clock just keeps going until until the building services people kick us out i mean but that's when you're like trying to run whole scenes and stuff it's it's right it takes tech tech always takes way too long yeah that's true. And then do you guys yeah. run for one weekend, two weekends? Two weekends, usually. Oh, that's good. Do that's you ever good. do double casting or you just single cast everything? Um, I've double casted a few shows and those are usually shows that like they're small casts anyway. So I want to give as many kids as I can an opportunity to to be on stage. Um, but in recent years, I started trying to trying to choose shows that have bigger casts so that that's one less thing I have to deal with. Yeah. Double casting is rough. 
Yeah. Yeah. But do you find so it? I know a lot of the professional theaters are going more and more to the smaller cast just because it's cheaper and we to afford. Um, are you finding it hard to find new shows or current shows that have big enough cast? Or you mostly stick with the older shows because they have bigger cast? Um, a little. So we usually try, like, at least with our fall plays, we try to go like comedy, drama, comedy, drama by year. Um. So there is, oh, you know, I should have mentioned this in some of my favorite shows, but we did a play a few years ago called the Greek mythology Olympiganza. Um, and I had a cast of 47 for a play. Um, it is, I, I don't even know how to explain the show, but it's ridiculous, but, um, I can't even imagine 47 people on stage and I do opera. That's just a lot of numbers. Yeah, and then my thought was, you know how many costumes that is? You have dressing rooms that size? It's a lot of costumes. <laughs> yeah. I hope there's not many um, costume changes. No, there wasn't for that one. Um and then uh and then so like assuming we're back in school in the fall, which I'm not you know, putting a whole lot of money on, but we are planning on doing Julius Caesar in the fall to kind of align with the presidential election. But, um, <laughs> nice choice. I like it. <laughs> Just giving people some ideas. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so like there, there are definitely some plays that are being written towards high school productions that want bigger casts. <laughs> yeah. 47. That's just way too many. <laughs> <laughs> Do you do a lot of table work? Because like with something like Julius Caesar, you could obviously spend an entire semester just learning about Julius Caesar and, and the writing of it. Well, the good news is that most of these kids have been through my English class when I taught 10th grade and we did Julius Caesar when I taught 10th grade. Uh, <laughs> how I mean, convenient. So convenient. Yeah. Like, learn this show. Learn this history. It'll come in handy later. Well, the uh, the director, I mean, you know, being a, a classically trained actor, you know, he was like, I really want to do a Shakespeare. And I was like, how about Caesar? Uh, <laughs> I got the perfect idea. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, no, we don't. We just don't have the time. Yeah. Or, I mean, you know, the kids patience. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sit around a table. <laughs> I mean, I did it. A- is my only? I did King Lear in high school in uh, college, and yeah, but it was terrible. We hated it. Well, <laughs> yeah, but that was for other reasons. We just hate King Lear. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of reasons, though. but what we did was we actually partnered with the Shakespeare teacher at our school. Mm-hmm. I feel like we did it as like a two semester thing. So we spent an entire first semester in school learning. King Lear, but learning like the different portfolios and where things came from and literally like reading through it for an entire semester and looking at all of the the variations and the wording and figuring out the patterns and the rhythm and stuff. And then our second semester, we produced it, which I thought was a really awesome idea, especially because then I think we actually got some English credit. I think it was like we got English credit for the first part because of doing it. And then we did the show the second time. 
It was really yeah, it was literally an entire year of doing King Lear, which obviously most people don't have the luxury of doing that. That's a lot of King Lear. <laughs> way too much King Lear. I, I was only like there for a week and a half and it was way too much King Lear. <laughs> Maybe even a week. Sit down and see like what the different portfolios and the different, you know, that there's all these different things and it's not just like, oh, this is what Shakespeare wrote. Well, more or less, you know? So yeah. I also like that you're doing King Lear and not like a Midsummer Night's Dream because I am so over a Midsummer no, Night's Dream. Not King Lear. No, sorry. Anything besides a Midsummer Night's Dream or a <laughs> Romeo and Juliet or you know the standards that everyone do. It's like Shakespeare has so many other things. Like it's good yeah. that there are no other things. I always so I only taught ninth grade English for one year, and ninth grade is when we do Romeo and Juliet. And I always joke that the reason I only taught it for one year is because someone higher up got mad that I taught Romeo and Juliet as a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's so much better it's as really a comedy. Funny. That's why, like, I love Hamlet. Like, it's really dark and heavy, but it's also funny and hilarious. I just, I taught AP Lit this year and I did, I just finished Hamlet. And I was like, guys, this is funny. And they're like, <laughs> it is? I'm like, guys, this is funny funny like hamlet is our favorite whiny boy yes and i got to see uh because the national theater does the recordings and releases them uh i took kai to the movie theater and we watched uh benedict cumberbatch as hamlet it was just so amazing like i've always loved hamlet but i never understood it as well as I did when I watched him do it. And just the staging of it and the theatrics and the way he plays off of the other people. And then the end of act one, like they flood the stage with this entire, like, I, I don't know what it, it looks like little foam pieces or something. It was just so stunning. So if you guys get the chance, I highly recommend it. I mean, not only is Benedict always great to watch, but it was a really, really good version of Hamlet. Twin, add that to your list. <laughs> My list is long. Yep, I know. I'm adding to it. No, I was thinking, what class was it that let us watch? We watched like three different versions of Hamlet. Was that in, in English? I think so, because like Mel Gibson. Yeah. He has a version which was pretty good. Thought that was funny. Dana sighed. What year was that, Dana? Oh, that we did Hamlet? Yeah. That was. That was AP Lit. We did Hamlet and, uh, and Macbeth with Dr. Raman. Uh, <laughs> miserable class that was. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she made us uh, memorize. I, I remember yes. having. Uh, yeah, I remember having to perform. Um, to oh. be or not to be. But like that I remember the whole section. Yeah. I remember having to memorize Macbeth. Maybe. You might have had to do multiples. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, the big ones I, I remember from that year were Hamlet, Macbeth, Frankenstein, and Crime and Punishment. Yeah. Yes. And the poetry portfolio. Still, still my favorite. And I love Frankenstein. But I just reread Crime and Punishment last year because I love it so much. So... Yeah, you're a big Dostoevsky fan. Yeah, that's true. But punishment's pretty amazing. Yeah. I tried to get my department chair to let me teach crime and punishment, but 
He did not. So instead I taught Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) (laughs) He approved of that one? He hasn't read it. (laughs) So he had no idea he was agreeing to. No, like, and I had taught it the previous year to, um, to my lower level students. And I was like, they really loved it. It was so good. Like they got really into it. He was like, okay, I'll buy more copies of it. And I was like, cool, do that. Wow. Like I would think Prime and Punishment over that. Yeah. Yeah. A good piece. But like, if I were a a principal, I would be like, no, don't study. Don't you have a tattoo of that? I do, yeah, right there. Well, I wish you I could guess come up. <laughs> yeah, I wish you could come up to Boston when I did it last year. You would have yeah. loved. It. Boston's only like six hours from DC, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like New York. It's like three hours, I think, from New York City to Boston, and then I think it took us like three-ish hours to get down to Washington. But I mean, the show's never really done, but it was it was still an awesome show to work on. It was though it's hard. Like, I I don't know if you do this when you're teaching it a lot, but to be surrounded by that language and that literature for six weeks straight. And I didn't realize it at the time until after the fact that it just like really drained me and it just gets stuck in your head and it just depletes everything, you know, because it's so manipulative in so many ways that it's it's a really difficult show to do so teaching it I would think would be similar because you're teaching it do you have multiple of the same classes so you're teaching it like multiple times throughout the day or is it just one yeah so this year I was teaching it three times a day yeah um and we were actually right in the middle of it when we were released out of school and I was like you know like with everything that's going on right now I can't like I did this quick I was like guys here's how the book ends we're gonna do something different <laughs> I was like, I can't, like, I can't make my kids stay in this mindset. I can't stay yeah. in this mindset. So, yeah, here's how the book ends. Enjoy. <laughs> Go watch the TV show. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched a TV show, and and I don't think I want to because that was just too powerful. Like, I read the book, but being in it for six weeks was just too much for me. That I don't think I'd be able to watch the TV show because it's so like. I usually try to watch the shows of the books I teach because there's always some enterprising kid who's like, oh, I can just watch the show and write my essay based on that. Yeah. But yeah, that's exactly what my kids did this year is like for their final essay. They were like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, that definitely happened in just the show, not the book. Not, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty well, smart. Like one right now. I was like, at the very least, read Spark Notes. Like, <laughs> I remember reading Spark Notes. Yeah. Plenty of <laughs> I think Tales of Two Cities was a big one. <laughs> I love oh, that. <laughs> Couldn't follow that one. Too much about a red hat and whose side he's on. And... Nope. nope. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't let me teach that one either. <laughs> yeah, they take away all the fun ones and let they, they let you do Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> They have been very clear that we can only teach Handmaid's Tale to seniors. Oh, okay. That one or two years makes a big difference. Mm, apparently. Okay, good. Well, at least, at least there's that. I do. So they used to have a uh, Brave New World at tenth grade until a parent pointed out to the school board that Brave New World deals with orgies, 
And they were like, oh. And then it got moved to 12th grade. Oh, we we did it in 12th? I thought we read it before that. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, I think we read it in like 10th or 11th. Yeah. I don't think it was 12th. I remember I reading summer, really so weird. I don't remember. Yeah, it was a summer reading. Yeah, I remember reading it in the trailer, but that doesn't help because we were there for like two years. Yeah, but we were there freshman and sophomore year. Uh, anyways, we're about in an hour. I think we're a little past an hour. Because, <laughs> you know, talking and reminiscing about what Twin doesn't remember about high school. <laughs> I know, apparently I blocked out a lot of that stuff. <laughs> it was so exciting. <laughs> it's a little farther away than I think any of us really want to admit. Yeah, it's been a couple years. We graduated in... Oh, two? Oh, two. Yeah, when the class of 2020 came into high school, I was like, uh, what are we doing now? <laughs> How I have friends at work who she she's like 10 years younger than me. She's like, don't you remember this music video? I was like, no. <laughs> it's in the middle of college when this was happening. I was not paying attention to the outside world. She's like, I was yeah. in like middle school. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I was gonna say, but that's like me and my husband. <laughs> yeah. Well, good job. You had to marry the old ones. Uh. Anyways, okay. So we always ask about twin stories, and you should have quite a few twin stories because not only did you know me and twin for years, but you have twins now. So any good fun ones? Like, okay, here's one that people always ask us: Are they identical or fraternal? How many times They're did you get that one? A lot. <laughs> I get that one a lot, even though they look exactly the same. <laughs> Why do I get that some people, uh, who was it? Someone on the podcast the other day was like, yeah, male and female. Is that identical or fraternal? We're like, there's, there's only one option there. That's how it works. Yeah. How many minutes yeah. apart were they? 45 seconds. Oh, uh, C-section or natural? C-section. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, that's really fast. We could do that naturally in 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, one of them was a uh, breach and he was blocking the way out. So. <laughs> kicked off one of them. I know, I was going to say, he just kicked off. Twin stepped on me on her way out. Maybe your boys were a little nicer. Or not nicer, like, I'm not going, you're not going. They were not nicer. All, look, <laughs> all I'm saying is that a normal C-section scar is like, Four or five inches. Mine is eight inches long. Good job. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, they did not want to come out, but. <laughs> Too late. But they had no eight. choice. <laughs> what are some of the random questions that people ask you about them that you never thought you'd be answering? Um, so, I mean, I get asked a lot about, like, twin language, which they absolutely have. I was yep. just going to ask you a question. Yeah, so they, they definitely have a twin language. So I'm trying to teach them English and Japanese. So they speak in like three languages, two of which I understand. And the other one, I'm like, cool, I guess. <laughs> but they understand each other. Yes, absolutely. See? That's what twin and I did too. Well, we didn't, we didn't speak to anyone for the first couple of years. We only spoke to each other. Yeah. Um. 
they are pretty much the only ones who can calm each other down when one of them is upset. So like if um if like Emmett, for example, is throwing a tantrum, I can be like, Xander, come over here, hug your brother, and then Emmett calms down. <laughs> That's a cool That's bond. Convenient. I like that. I mean, I guess that kind of happens with us. Like, if I stop talking to Matt because I'm mad, then he just has to call Stacy. Stacy, okay, what happened? Call your sister. I was like, oh, what did she do now? (laughs) Do you have any stories from when we were in high school? Um, remember, like the first time you met us, or any like weird stories about us. Like twin related stories or just stories in general? <laughs> uh, I guess we could go either way here. I mean, either I would be entertaining. I remember I sat next to one of you guys in second period algebra two in Miss Utovin's class. Uh, we both took Miss U, so I don't know. But like that, I remember that's when I figured out you guys were twins, is because like I, I was sitting next to one of you. And then I looked to the other side and I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Did we take that class together? We we definitely did. Usually AP classes, there was only like one. Yeah, true. Sometimes there was two, but yeah, a lot of times it was only one option for classes. Funny. Miss you was good. We still talked to her. She knew. She knew we played tricks on people as twins. Do you remember the day that I went in and said I was Cindy I think I went to some of my classes and some of no Cindy went in and I think we did it both times you can't even remember who ditched you were home and I went in yeah but I'd go in and get paperwork and stuff for you that's true you did do that a lot I remember (laughs) (laughs) I want to know if your boys do this but Stacey and I are like no that was my dream no that was my dream (laughs) you did that they're not quite articulate enough to to talk about those kinds of things yet, but yeah, but they they'll will. they'll get there. They'll get yeah. each other confused with themselves. It happens. <laughs> they have <laughs> they have started insisting on dressing alike, which I was not expecting. But wow. yeah, they they like just in the last week or so, they've started getting very angry with me if I give them different shirts to wear. Do you have the same shirts for both of them or did you mostly just buy separately? Um, So I actually don't buy a lot of their clothes there. I've kind of let their grandmothers take care of that because if they're going to buy them clothes anyway, then I don't need to spend my money on it. Um, That's very true. And they outgrow them so fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, So one of their grandmothers is very big on twin matchy matchy stuff. So I have a fair amount of clothes that, that match. Like, we often matched growing up, and now we do it on accident. Well, and Twin buys half of my clothes. Also true. What are you wearing today? No, nah, it's a Star Wars shirt. Um, I just have a black shirt on, but I only see black on top. Well, that's because you can't see Princess Leia. <laughs> <laughs> now I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I'm excited to see when your your boys get older. What problems they'll cause. I mean, they're already. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be even more exciting when they get older and can really cause problems. (laughs) 
Excellent. Okay, now that we've gone over, because we're really good at that. Mm-hmm. Also, I have ramen for dinner, so I'm going to go make ramen. I simmered it for two and a half hours last night for the broth, so I'm going to see how well it turns out. First time I've done this recipe. I do not have You'll that You'll be happy to know. I eat quite a bit of Japanese food now. A lot yeah. of sake. Been to Japan. But I was at the Morokai, the store, and yeah, I can recognize some labels and food. Don't know what the back of the dashi package says or how to make it, but uh, I know what it is. <laughs> Sometimes I make twin eat it. But I forgot that the ramen, one time twin was out and I was like, ooh, ramen, twin, they have vegetarian ramen. And so we went and I forgot that it was pork based broth and she felt really sick the rest of the night. But now I find places that have vegetarian broth for her. (laughs) You tried killing me. I did, but you made it through. (laughs) (laughs) You survived. You came out the other side. (laughs) Okay. I guess we should wrap it up. Thank you, Dana. Then we should probably talk to you more just, you know, in the future, see what's going on. Watch what your next show is, whenever that happens. Whenever it happens. Whenever schools are allowed to, like, reconvene. Not through the internet. I like teaching how to do a light just online. I could just come down. It'd be cool to come down for, like, days and see a show. And I'm so close to D.C. and I've never really been to D.C., so. I've never been. I've been there twice, but literally for like 10 hours at a time. So I haven't really experienced much. Yeah, I, we actually have a really good theater scene around here. Like, you know, I'm, I'm about 20 minutes outside of D.C., but um, there's but a like, lot of theater down there. Yeah. yeah I, I know a lot of people just through the Stage Managers Association that live in that area. So it's close. I have a car. I should just go down and, you know. Get a hotel and stay for a few days and see. So let me know when you have your next show because I'll totally come hang out. Cool. I'll show them how to call call musicals. Oh my god, please. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should go out before the show opens so you can actually yes. do a you could do like a training class with them. Yeah, I'll come Ooh. down to check. Then I can help. <laughs> or you can babysit. Yeah, you're probably more useful in the booth. I can babysit. I babysit my niece. There's only one of her. But, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go make dinner. Thank you, Dana, for being on our podcast. Thank you guys for having me. It was so good talking to you guys again. Yeah. It was great talking to you, too. We'll catch up more. Yeah. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more, visit our website at twinstocktheater.podbean.com and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music. You can also interact with us on Facebook or Instagram at Twinstock Theater. Title music, Dance Macabre, is provided by Kevin McLeod of IncomTech.com under Creative Commons License 3.0.